0: DeSantis has been passing some legislation here locally. The CDC has given Carnival the okay for test cruises from Port Canaveral, Miami, and Galveston. Uh, You name it, there's so much news going on uh, that, you know, this is a good good show today to be able to catch up with everything that's been going on. Uh, And, um, you know, I I highly encourage you to to just uh, look up additional information on the January 6th Commission and, you know, kind of see what your thoughts are on that. At this point, it does not look like. Commission is going to go through, but there may be an investigative committee at the at U.S. House of Representatives uh, happening. Um, but again, that will be, you know, there'll be allegations of partisanship in that investigation, unfortunately. And just, you know, uh, facts. Um, the Capitol riots did leave five people dead and 140 police officers wounded. That is a fact. That is a truth. That mm. happened on
1: January 6th.
0: Mm. So you're listening to the Cafe and WMF 88.5. We'll be right back.
1: Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Miami Dade Police Director Freddie Ramirez is asking the public for help in tracking down three gunmen who stepped from a white SUV. An open fire on concert goers last night, killing two people and wounding more than 20 others. We have our
0: investigators on the scene. We're asking for any, any information from the community. Anyone who has
1: any tips on these individuals, please give it to us. Ramirez caused the shooting outside a banquet hall that had been rented for the concert, a cowardly act of gun violence that was targeted. Roughly two dozen states have decided to end some form of enhanced expanded unemployment benefits offered through the COVID relief bill passed by Congress this past spring. For some states, those unemployment benefits will end as early as June, NPR's Osma College reports.
2: These expanded benefits mean an extra $300 a week. They also mean that people who don't traditionally qualify for unemployment, like gig workers, have been able to get help. These expanded benefits don't expire until September, but a number of states led by Republicans say their states don't need them. In fact, some argue that the extra money is actually hurting the job market and leading to worker shortages. Not a single state led by a Democratic governor has decided to terminate unemployment benefits early. An analysis by JP Morgan argues that it looks like politics rather than economics is driving the decision. Quote, while some of these states have tight labor markets and strong earnings growth, many of them do not. Asma Khalid, NPR
1: News. Authorities in Tennessee, they say they have transitioned from a rescue effort to that of recovery after a small plane carrying seven people crashed into a lake near Smyrna. The announcement last night indicates that no one on board survived. Three living survivors of an attack 100 years ago on a prosperous black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma are suing the city and others involved for reparations. And Matt Trotter of member station KWGS reports the sponsor of a bill creating a federal commission to study reparations is standing with them. Texas Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee says the commission H.R. 40 sets up will also help the cause for reparations in Tulsa because it will look at not only slavery but also at state and local practices used to brutalize and disadvantage black Americans.
3: We've got to come to Oklahoma for a hearing just like they came here. We've got to go to Mississippi for a hearing. We've got to go to Harlem for a hearing.
1: Jackson Lee made those remarks at a panel discussion during an event honoring Tulsa Race Massacre survivors and descendants. In 1921, a white mob destroyed Tulsa's Greenwood community, killing as many as 300 black residents. A Human Rights Watch report recommends a comprehensive reparations plan that includes financial compensation, continuing a search for victims' remains, and investments in education. For NPR News, I'm Matt Trotter in Tulsa. And you're listening to NPR News. The distributors of the Rush Limbaugh show have announced replacements for his decades-long hit radio program. NPR's David Foconflick reports Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are expected to appeal to younger but equally conservative listeners. Limbaugh died earlier this year at 70 from complications of lung cancer. His show was a mainstay of radio and of right-wing politics for three decades. Premier Networks has continued to broadcast the Rush Limbaugh show, relying on highlights of past programs and retaining about three-quarters of his audience. Now, as the Wall Street Journal reports, Premier hopes the two men will bring in a younger audience. Sexton has hosted his own conservative talk show. Travis commands a following from his Fox Sports gambling show and his podcasts. And he just sold his right-leaning sports website OutKick to Fox Corp. Though a sports commentator, Travis is an outspoken supporter of former President Donald Trump and for months has claimed the threat of the COVID-19 pandemic was overblown. The two new hosts start in June. David Folkenflik, NPR News. The entertainment industry is mourning the deaths of actor Gavin McLeod and singer B.J. Thomas. McLeod played the news writer Murray on the classic 1970s sitcom The Mary Tyler Moore Show. He then played the cruise ship captain on The Love Boat. He was 90 years old. B.J. Thomas was a Grammy Award-winning singer who also won an Oscar for Best Original Song for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, part of the soundtrack for the 1969 western Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Thomas was 78. His publicist says he died of lung cancer. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News.
0: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Walton Family Foundation, working to solve social and environmental problems to improve lives today and benefit future generations. More information at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Welcome back. Oh,
3: oh, yeah, man, how you doing? You good? I know you like
4: that. I know you like that.
0: Welcome back to the Urban Cafe on WMNF 88.5, over 40 years radioactive. This is your host, Joshua, and we got the co-host here, uh, Jamal De Conciliere in the house. And so um, we're switching gears a little bit from the January 6th commission to... It, well, I, I have a... Re- I, I, I got Just real quick.
3: Everybody who is listening, I, I just have one thing for you to ask. I have just one, I guess, thing. Go, go talk to someone under 25 and ask them to what extent they know about what's going on with january 6th someone under 25
0: what's january so what happened january 6th yeah that's me uh replicating a 25 year old so oh, no some <laughs> may know i just want some may know it. i don't uh yeah it's uh it's just probably not important to them well i you?
3: would i would almost have two questions see I, I would really focus on two things i've asked one person under 25 and then maybe one person in general because i, I it's not as said even that i I don't think if a lot of people know what's going on. But then the thing is, question is, even if you do all the research and you know what's going on, what can you do to change it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And so moving on here. um, So May 25th marked the one-year anniversary of the killing of George Floyd, a black man who died after a Minneapolis police officer pressed his knee onto his neck. Uh, And um, a teenager recorded the whole thing. And it became viral and it caused a uh, significant riots. Uh, Derek Chauvin, Chauvin, a longtime member of the Minneapolis Police Department, was convicted last month of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Um, George Floyd's death led to nationwide protests over policing and racism. In Minneapolis, some protests turned violent, with businesses being looted and several buildings set on fire. And so this... All this during the middle of a pandemic, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, twenty twenty is forever going to go down as just a very difficult year uh, for the world, but uh, especially for the United States, for this country, because of this r- racial reckoning, if, racial reckoning, if you will, right? And then now, uh, on May thirty first, tomorrow, is the one hundred year anniversary of the um, Tulsa race massacre. Uh, essentially, um, for those of you who are not familiar with that. We've covered it here on this show before. Uh, We had the author of the Black Wall Street uh, play on this show before and uh, talking about uh, what happened there. And as quoted here by the Washington Post, Tulsa commemorates the 100th anniversary of the brutal 1921 race massacre. You know, Political tensions, racial divisions have erupted in the city while grappling with how to deal with, How to heal a century after one of the worst incidents of racial violence in the U.S. history? Those listening to the NPR break also heard a story on that because it's it's really it's 100 years. It's a significant uh, anniversary. Um, The commission organizing the commemoration has been denounced by some community groups, who are staging their own events in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, focused on massacre survivors and descendants. Um, You know, one of the biggest. Much of the acrimony in Tulsa revolves around the issue of reparations for the violence unleashed by a white mob on May 31st, 1921, which left as many as 300 dead and 10,000 people homeless. And destroyed one of the most prosperous Black neighborhoods in the country at the time. No one was ever punished for the attack, and the victims were never compensated for their lives and property lost. And so, some of the acrimony. Uh, the commission. There was a commission to celebrate created at the state level, and um, but the local Tulsa. Many of the local Tulsa representatives are saying that there. It's really just. Uh, uh, they're not addressing some of the major issues like these reparations that these folks never got, and so it's a it's a very um, divisive conversation happening in Oklahoma right now. The President of the United States will be there tomorrow uh to you know not celebrate but to at least acknowledge the one hundred year anniversary um. Three of the last known massacre survivors, Viola Fletcher, 107 years old, her brother, Hughes Van Ellis, 100 years old, and Leslie Benningfield Randall, 106 years old, um, basically you know, said that celebrities pulled out of the commission... Because the commission failed to address requests that to use some of its funds to compensate survivors and descendants for what they lost during the rampage, so this celebration got about thirty million dollars allocated, and none of that funding was going to go to the to the remaining survivors. So the, there were some celebrities who were going to participate in the event, and they all backed out as a result of this com- uh, of that uh, fact. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a very divisive. It's crazy to think that over a hundred years later. Uh, this can even be a debate, right? And so I, I just don't understand uh, what's going on there. No,
3: yes, it, that's that's easy.
0: I mean, yes, we you covered it here, but race was. What would you say earlier? Race was here before us, and will be here after this, us. This is the. This is what people. You have to think about the reality of the situation, man. Look at
3: every country in the modern world, right? Okay, right, and then look at world powers, right, and then look at the structure they have, and look at the ruling class. And look at the the makeup of the ruling class, and look at the percentage of turnover rate. It's pretty. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, yeah. okay, unless you're a third world country, unless you have a heightened military presence. You know, unless like uh, it would be like if unless like let's say blacks and Hispanics united. You know, and we're able to have this civil war. I mean, it's not going to happen. You're not you're not going to have a change in a turnover in policies, governments, and different things. And then the big thing is, like I say, if you look at what's going on in the world, because I do immigration law. I look mm-hmm. at what's going on in the world between gang violence in South America. And some people aren't necessarily focused on what's going on in the world. But it's like if you think we have problems in America, some other places, that's why everybody's trying to get over here. And, of course, the problems that we have... And, and even and the bigger thing is, okay, see, look at what's really going on. Like, like people wonder, when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? Right? Look at what's really going on. Now, you have a case here in Boynton Beach, right, Palm Beach County, Florida, where there was a recent case where the Court of Appeals just said that the lady, um, Tasha Ford, who was recording her son getting arrested, well, that's an of justice, of, um, sorry, obstruction of justice, and the court ruled with the police. So now, you, can you even record people? That's that, that's what's going on. Do you see what I'm saying? Wow. The game is always they are already neck three or four steps ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Like they are, people already know people in DC. Like with the instruction, there people already know what is going to come next. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is, you're not going to have a, you're not going to have a change um, in the way the makeup is of the power structure. Uh, it's just a constant fight against things. And, and that's just the world we become in. For example, schools are underfunded, right? So what do you have? You have a whole bunch of stuff to assist schools. Now why do you have nonprofits? You have this nonprofit, that nonprofit. Your friend will start a nonprofit, right? Then the medical system's underfunded. You have a nonprofit to do this and do this and do this. Now why do you have all this? It, that, it's, just, it's just the game we live in, and I don't even necessarily know how we get out of it or how we stop it. Because now it's already going to be issued the next—you're going to see that that's going to be the next thing. Somebody's recording somebody. They tell you to stop. You don't stop. Now you get arrested. And now the thing, is, the thing is this. Okay, if in Palm Beach County, now if that case, other parts of the state happens. So now once your camera phone even comes out to start recording obstruction of justice— if they have a history of doing that, boom, they can look to arrest you right there, and then that's done. And then, okay, what's always going to happen? The same way with the insurrection, what's always going to happen in the situation with the body cams? Oh, my body cam it wasn't on that day. Oh, it wasn't on that day.
0: Yeah, or they turn it off right when things get hot and heavy. So we got we got a caller here. Let's get to this caller real quick. Good morning, caller. What is your name and where are you calling us from?
2: Right, I'm calling from uh, from uh, the Tampa. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm, 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 I'm breaking the rules here. No problem. I want first wanted to say that I think Clay is right here. I, Clay is right, you know, about the, the uh, not forming the commission, and that the, the whole logic makes sense. I just want to throw that in, for, and that I, I, I agree with, even though I'm, uh, I think there should be a committee. I agree with his premise that, uh, uh you know, that but what we need to do going forward in, in terms of uh, getting around all of the political obstacles and those sort of things. So, listen, but when we talk about uh, um, Tulsa, all right, and we and I know it's a 100-year anniversary, uh, I can't think, help but think, think about what the, these attitudes continue to this day. They continue to, I mean, to target black communities and target it. Uh, uh, black businesses and those sort of things. I think about one of the classic examples of this is the war on drugs, which is a structural racist policy that's been in place and set forth by a president of the United States who said, who was anti-civil rights and said that we will use drugs, heroin, marijuana to target the hippies, the hippies were white, predominantly white liberals. And the heroin is to target black people to disrupt their communities, to arrest their leaders, and to have them on the evening news. Did we know it was a lie? Yeah. But this war continues, And it is now where we wrote an article called Tampa is Tulsa, where we are about the pervasive attack on black businesses, black farm, black owned Pharmacies, in particular, uh, around the country, and Tampa just happens to be the, the the epicenter of it because that's where this group the group has been writing from. Uh, and we're talking about black folk who have made millions of dollars and been in business for years, being all of a sudden attacked as drug dealers by the drug enforcement agency using guidelines that the CDC that had been proven to be unscientific and incorrect. If you read that blog, you will see what's going on. We had a movie that just came out called the, and I'll give you an example, that's called The Crime of the Century by Alex Gibney. Yeah. The most disgraceful movie that I've ever seen because in the whole four-hour episode, not one mentioned about the war on drugs, not even a single person of color in in this movie, and he started, check this out, his opioid epidemic death at 500,000 people at the year 2000. There's nothing about how Harold was put into our community in this, Seventies and the sixties, mm-hmm. okay, by the government itself. And but
0: that, course, that that documentary, though, that documentary about. had a specific focus, though, Billy. That but, that's why it wasn't no, mentioned. No,
2: no, no. We always will try to try to try to. Yeah. Billy, away.
0: we do got, got is, Billy. Where the phones are going off the hook. We do got a couple more callers. I'm going to get to here. Uh, thank you, thank you, Billy. We appreciate that. Um, let's go ahead and get to another caller. Uh, good morning, caller. What is your name and where are you calling us from?
4: Wow, this urban cafe this should be the special show with special guests billy and uh daryl
0: <laughs> <laughs> we I have had quite a ask. few calls but yes
4: <laughs> yeah i just wanted to ask now that with the and and what happened in
0: palm you said boynton beach or palm boynton beach boynton beach, boynton beach. yeah yeah that's considered
4: uh, how are you obstructing justice that is well, my question I'm well yeah the way
3: the the um the judges said in that case the um uh the Court of Appeals, the for, Florida's 4th District Court of Appeals, row. officers made numerous requests to the mother to stop recording them, which she ignored. The plaintiff was confrontational in her approach and refused to comply with officers' instructions. They, they were arresting, I believe, her um, child. Going, she was going back and forth with officers, and mm-hmm. officers told her that she could not legally record and that she was obstructing their and just investigation.
0: <laughs> and the judge ruled uh, in favor of the police. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Wow, that could be you know very, and that's at the federal level
3: or at the state level. No, that's the state like the State that's the state, state court of Law. appeals. It, it may get to the Supreme Court, but this was this. But this is the thing, and the, and the, this is the part of the game. She was recording in two thousand and nine. The oh. appeals court just heard it. They they knew how they were going to play this years years before. That's that's what I'm getting at. And that's seven 11, years it, ago. It, it, we're all pawns, like people would say. People, some people are higher up. In D.C., you got the kings, the queens, the knights. They know what's going
0: on. Wow. Let's get to another caller who's been patiently waiting. Good morning, caller. What is your name and where you calling us from?
4: Uh, yes. My name is Shane from Plant City.
0: How you doing, Shane? Morning.
4: Uh, good morning. So, uh, to you guys today. Woke up a little early listening to you guys. First of all, I feel like everything is political. Like the guy was saying earlier about letting courts handle the If the justice system handled it, it'd be different. The the justice system is political. That that right there shows uh, how the system has always worked against black people here. Hmm. I'm not going to say people of color because I know how to treat black Mm
0: -hmm. people.
4: People of color can change and be white one day. (laughs) But right now, they've always treated blacks from from Tulsa to every other part of America. They've always treated us worse have hidden the history and all the damages that they have done to us as black people. Tulsa is not the only place. Rosewood is not the only place. Wilmington is not the only place. It's I graduated in eighty five. And I found out the year I graduated in Philadelphia, uh, the what happened with move. And I was so I was so upset with myself because I'm like, man, I thought I was conscious. I thought I was awoke and they was doing stuff like that. In eighty five. So just imagine what they're doing today. Everything they do is political. And as we separate ourselves, instead of coming together as black people and saying, okay, as black people we are going to stop pushing the narrative of everybody. We're not going to worry about everybody because everybody's getting a piece of this so-called American pie. And because you get a slice of something that everyone else is getting, we have to with that slice. I feel until we come together as black people and register as what we are, the people figure out what we are. <laughs> Figure out what we are. We wanna be black, we wanna be African, we want to figure out we're gonna be the uh Native American. Whatever we to figure out we're gonna be, we need to stand on it and be united and fight for just us. Stop trying to fight across the board for everything. You can't win fighting for everybody. You fight for everybody, you fight against nobody. So we gotta we gotta actually fight against this so called democracy that's never been a democracy. We gotta fight against this that's always been against us. This country has always been against us since it's been established. We don't, if we don't fight against it, we're gonna lose.
0: And so, so and that's a g- great commentary, it. great commentary. We appreciate that call.
4: But we actually gotta stand up and fight. I mean, it may get physical. But it mm. won't be wrong if it gets physical.
0: And again, the urban cafe does not condone violence. I so just yeah. want to put that out there.
4: <laughs> I understand, y'all. Y'all, I need. And, and what we gotta do first of all? We gotta be. We gotta stop being scared to lose their money. It's not our money. We they got slave owners on that money. We we love Thomas Jefferson because he was the best racist we knew. <laughs> we get the little child, <laughs> and We love him. The child, the raped the little child for years, and we love him. Wow. And black folks, I'm some kind of Thomas Jefferson. I don't know what you're talking about. He's stupid. You're happy that you've been raped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> come from rape. But we must not be afraid to lose their money. Get our own money. Start our own radio station for real instead of worry about we can't say the wrong thing on their radio station. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a little basketball player, the Brown, whatever name, somebody Brown. Little dude make a lot of sense. A lot of people scared. They say to the get-along game. <laughs>
0: well, thank, thank you very much. We really appreciate the call this morning.
4: Love you, dog.
3: Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Oh, Thank but, you so hey, much. Very that passionate. Was, very I passionate. passionate. And very some very good stuff. commentary there. Uh, you know, along those lines, I'm reading. You know, on the Washington Post article that's talking about the 100 year um, anniversary of of what happened in Tulsa. So the Centennial Commission was formed by the state, and even the governor of Oklahoma was on that commission, mostly in a uh, you know kind of. Uh, Not in a significant role, it was was more an honorary role. But he was ousted from the commission last week after he signed a bill that would prohibit public school teachers from teaching about, quote, critical race theory or lessons about race and racism that would make some students uncomfortable. So this is signed into law in the state of Oklahoma. For those of you asking what critical race theory is, critical race theory as defined by Encyclopedia Britannica is the intellectual movement in loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings but a socially constructed category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color so whole there's tenants to this it's, I'm not going to get into all everything that critical race theory talks about but it's interesting to me that there seems to be a suppression of the freedom of speech in Oklahoma Basically because you don't want to make students uncomfortable about that conversation about race? That's oh, yeah. Seriously?
3: And, yeah, and it's, people got to go out there and look. Like I'm looking at what, what's, what's out there on the Department of Justice website. A post-employee admitted on Thursday, fair federal immediate release Thursday, May 27th. A post-employee admitted to dumping eight, 1,875 pieces of mail, including 99 ballots, to residents of West Orange, New Jersey. And West Orange is? That's the, that West Orange, New Jersey? Yeah, is it predominantly black um, no, it's... We it's don't like, know? Well, 17% black is
0: higher mm. than the national average. He literally just dumped 100 ballots? Yeah. Wow.
3: I, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the things the Department of
0: Justice, I guess, is mm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? something we didn't even recover today? <laughs> because it's just, just a fallacy. What? The Arizona ballot recount in Maricopa County. Oh. Uh, so where they're trying to find strains of bamboo using UV light and 5K cameras to determine if fraudulent ballots came in from... Asia, uh, and therefore turned over the election in Maricopa County, which in turn turned over the election in Arizona to uh, President Biden. Uh, just like, my mind is just blowing to the point where they, the Cyber Ninjas, which is the company that the Senate, the Senate of Arizona, which is led by Republicans, are the ones who hired this company called Cyber Ninjas, with, who have no previous election audit experience. They basically tampered with the uh, voting machines in a way that the voting machines should now never be used again. So the entire county has to purchase new machines wow. for the next election because <laughs> the ones they have won't work because they've been compromised. And so, uh, and yeah, and uh, it's just a complete fallacy that- they going to have higher taxes- yeah, and this, and this is, uh, yep, i gonna have higher taxes. And then, this, uh, Stop the Steal, it's it's already June of 2021, right? It's mm-hmm. been, November was the election, so it's what eight months now. Mm-hmm. It's been eight months since Stop the Steal is still gaining ground in states like Michigan and other states where there's movements to try to perform electoral audits uh, by third parties. Uh, and so, I'm just, my mind is just absolutely blowing. Uh, we do have a caller. Caller, Let's keep it short here because we, you know what, I apologize. We actually can't. We were about to wrap up the show. We got just a little bit left before where we get the pleasure of listening to Walter the Sun the and the Fourth Estate and uh, on the Sunday Forum here in a few minutes. Uh, always having a great show over there. Shout out to Tempest and the Righteous Temple Hip Hop who was on before us. They always laying down the great hip hop tracks related, um, you know, with a message. And uh, just love that show too. Always uh, bopping my head on my way into the sh- into the station on Sunday mornings, and so. You've been listening to Joshua, uh, your host of the Irma Cafe. You got Jamal here, uh, the consiglieri on the other side of me this morning. Jamal, just kind of wrap up your thoughts on uh, everything we've been talking about. What any last thoughts here?
3: Oh yeah, I think we're in the information age. Just try to get as much information as you can about things to help you make different decisions, and then with that, um, go go try to make some change in the world. You know, Um, it's. You know, people may not be religious, but it's the same way. For like Christians, I always say we always try to be Christ-like, even though we always fail. Same way as if there's different Look, like I say, the racism will be here before and after, but that doesn't mean that you can't constantly fight for a way to try to change that. The same way like Ohio State constantly fights to be the best team, but they're not going to get there. But that doesn't mean you stop fighting. So, never stop fighting.
0: <laughs> never stop fighting. Always getting a dig in. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, who are starting round two uh, today against the Carolina Hurricanes. They're in North Carolina for that game. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to their uh, Series 1 closeout against oh, the Panthers. Nice. Very well fought game against the Panthers, uh, just obliterated them uh, 4-0, and uh, it was really exciting to see uh, playoff hockey. More importantly, fans in the seats. It was really cool, man. It was so loud. That arena gets so loud, man. It's so cool. I can't wait to Buck season. I'm going to lose my mind. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be good. And I think, you know, I'm very excited that more and more people are getting vaccinated, you know, and so uh, it's a little bit, little by little, we're getting back to normal. So. Getting ready for uh, the Sunday Forum here. You've been listening to the Urban Cafe on WMNF 88.5. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We really appreciate it.